I'm Janet Roper, and you're listening to the Reawaken Right Relationship Podcast. Welcome to this place where we have conversations about creating, nurturing, and sustaining right relationship with all sentient beings. I'm excited to be on Patreon now, and I think it's going to be an adventure for all of us. The tiers range from starting out, which is at $2 a month, to superhero, which is $100 plus a month. So there's something for everyone over on Patreon. Please consider supporting me there if you listen to this podcast, if this podcast has inspired or informed you or expanded the possibilities in your world. I thank you because your contribution makes my work sustainable. guest on this episode is Jules Rivet. Jules currently lives in Wisconsin, where they work as a nature-based mentor. They continue to expand their knowledge regarding how to live in right relationship with earth and nature. Jules is particularly enthusiastic about their ties with the land and the trees. They make wooden jewelry and sculptures with wood that they find in wild places. Hi, Jules. Welcome so much to today's podcast of Reawaken Right Relationship. How are you doing? I'm good, and thanks for having me. You betcha. How's that weather doing in Wisconsin? Well, today it's raining, and a few days ago it was snowing. So okay. it's, you know, the birth pangs of spring. Exactly. And I'm so glad. I was wearing my Columbia coat yesterday here in Missoula. I'm so glad I haven't put it up yet. So, yeah, we had snow too. So fun stuff, like you say, the birth pangs of spring. So tell me, Jules, what is your interpretation or how do you experience right relationship? How do you define it? Um, Right relationship for me stems from the knowledge that all life is sacred, like all life, big, small, every single living thing. And also um, perhaps inanimate thing, all land is sacred. Um, all mountains are sacred, all rocks are sacred, you know, everything. And knowing that I'm not the center of it all, like things don't revolve around me because I'm a human. I'm just one part of the whole. I hear you on that. And when you say everything, I mean, it's literally everything. And that can be mind blowing, at least to me. It is. Yeah. You know, because everything and I'll admit here, you know, this is how I, I am training myself not to think of it, but how I sometimes think of it is everything is everything that has a face. Yeah. And then it's moving past that and going into, oh, but there's more. Yes. You know, there's the plants, there's the land, there's the stones, there's the, even the educational systems, even technology, you know. Um, there's just so much to it. So I think that one of the um, things that we need to do is to just expand our definition of everything. Yes. To really include everything. And I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but there you go. Right. So how do you easiest experience right relationship in your life? Because we can do it in so many ways. Yeah, um, the easiest way, I guess, for me to tap into it is to visit um, a part of nature that I'm, I already have a relationship with. So like a local 
nature preserve or when I lived up north, it was the Nicollet National Forest. Mm -hmm. um, and I would just go and, you know, the trees were familiar to me. I had certain tree friends that I'd go visit and, and just hang out with them or hang out with the land and, and just try to be very present. So I guess that's the easiest way to, to get into the right relationship mindset. But I try to, in all honesty, I'm constantly trying to stay, keep that in, as a focus throughout my mm -hmm. entire, like, entire day, no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm at work, whether I'm surrounded by people who don't subscribe to that way of thinking. Um, I try to not let myself off the hook. And so, yeah, so I might have like a, just certain awarenesses. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. It does. So let me ask you this. When you said that um, you try not to let yourself off the hook, how do you find yourself getting hooked sometimes so that you become aware that you have to really become conscious of staying in that mode of right relationship? When I get really busy, when my schedule is really full and I have you know, other people depending on the work that I do, um, getting it done on time, then you know, I can lose focus. I can get kind of tunnel vision on the goal of getting everything done. Um, then it's hard to stay mindful regarding right relationship. That's true. And that's such a human thing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. We're, we're all such good humans. I just love that. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you about monkey mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, because with me, I will do the same thing. It's like I get that focus and I'm just in Janet land, so to speak. And I also call it uh, monkey mind. How do you keep yourself away from that monkey mind? Or is it possible that you can experience monkey mind and still be in right relationship? Yeah, um, I, I also have monkey mind, um, especially if I haven't uh, been centering myself um, like if I haven't been to nature or visited nature, nature's everywhere. So I should define what I mean by that. But like a, one of my favorite places in nature, like a, a park or a preserve, um, if I haven't spent time there lately, then my mind just goes a million miles an hour. Um, so sometimes I just, when I go and I visit my, you know, happy places <laughs> in nature. Um, I'll just, I'll make sure that I greet the land and I, I greet the trees. I'll give an offering and, and then I'll just tell them, Hey, I, I'm kind of in my own thing, right? Or I'm doing my own thing right now. I'm, my mind's going a million miles an hour. I'm just processing some things and I just kind of, sometimes I'll just let myself go because I need to. So it's possible to be in monkey mind and um, be in right relationship. I think, if you can maintain mindfulness and be and really connect in with nature, with all things, you're going to have deeper relationships that way. I mean, you know, so, but it's not that you can't be in right relationship with monkey mind. Right. It, it's learning how to be both. And I think, and how yeah. to let nature start to um, erase that monkey mind. Mm hmm and so that you're, you know, just getting out of it little by little by little. So I'm really intrigued when you say that you go to the land and you greet the land and you greet the trees. Do you greet them like they're an, another human being or do you have a special, excuse me, a special ritual that you use when greeting them? Um, I guess I greet them like they're another human being. So I'll, like there's one particular uh, place, uh, 
it's like a nature trail bike trail that not many people go on which is my favorite kind of place Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so I'll go there and I'll say hey everyone you know how are you I'm back um if it's my first time at a nature place uh, I'll tell I'll introduce myself and tell them who I am um, and then I'll give an offering usually some sort of tobacco or mixture of tobacco and pine needles that I make up and sometimes I'll I don't know pray for the land just wish them blessings and protection and and so forth so to me from what I understand what you're saying Jules it sounds like you're not so much doing as being present to the land Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I get a sense like the nature spirits there. You know, I can sense kind of what they're how they're interpreting me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes I can't. You know, sometimes I can't tune in, or I'm for whatever reason I'm just maybe too much in my monkey mind. I don't know, but I, I don't, uh, I don't see that as a negative thing. It's just part of relationship. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think that, uh, again, being the the good humans that we are, we think that when we um, institute a conversation that there's always got to be that give and take. Mm -hmm. But even, you know, in a conversation with humans, not everybody feels like talking. And it's the same with the land spirits, you know, Mm -hmm. and the trees. And my cat Raven is probably going to walk across the screen and there he goes. (laughs) Yay, Raven. But um, I would think that, you know, greeting the, the land spirits, if they don't have anything to say, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's sometimes they might not have anything to say, might not, um, might not be the time to talk about it. And, you know, sometimes we're not the people that they want to talk to, quite frankly. Yeah. And I think it's just you know, with any relationship, it's about showing up consistently yeah. and, um, and also not projecting whatever psychological thing might be going on in your life onto the land. I've done, and I've done all of that. Like I've taken things personally or, or maybe I thought, Oh, I'm, I'm losing my sensitivity, you know? Um, But it's not really it. It's just, you show up as you are and they show up as they are and you have this relationship and it's just, you just keep showing up. And it's the consistency of it. Yeah. And the willingness to keep doing it. Right, exactly. And I love and what you... Go ahead. Also, they're not there to serve me in, you know yeah. what I mean? They're not there to make me feel better um, or pat me on the back or, or any of that. Um, it's just... I mean, if you think about when you hang out with your friends, like you like your friends for simply who they are and hopefully, you know, it's, it's, it's reciprocal. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I see my relationship with nature as I... I show up as I am, they show up as they are. And sometimes there's um, sort of like a conversation, usually without words. And then mm-hmm. sometimes there isn't. And it just is. Mm-hmm. Now, when you are meeting a new um, piece of land or a new tree or a new stone, how do you introduce yourself? Because you said it was a little bit different than, you know, with those that you've already built up relationship with. Yeah, um, I'll just simply say, hi, I'm Jules. You know, it's nice to cool. meet you. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, Max, and my, Max is my dog. And um, where we live, there's what I call the back 40, which is just basically, you know, an open field back there that we go back there and walk. And it's just so relaxing to be back there with the nature spirits. And, and they know us, you know. They know what to expect of us. And just 
It's so comforting. And I don't mean that as in needing to take away the comfort that they might have, but just so comfortable being together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 an awesome thing. So, how did you first start talking um, to the trees, being in relationship with the trees? What is your earliest memory of that? Um, well, I've always been really attracted to trees. Um, as a kid, I used to draw trees. You know, doodle like in class. I just mm-hmm. drew trees. I was always just really drawn to trees. But I was also brought up in the culture, as you were, as we all were that said that trees weren't really conscious. And, mm-hmm. and so um, I didn't really come to that sort of knowledge until it was about, about six or seven, seven years ago um, when I had, a, it was like the perfect storm. Um, like uh, <laughs> there was loss of family. There was career change. I changed where I lived. Um, everything in my life just changed and um I didn't I didn't know which way was up and yeah. so I guess I started to take uh time in nature more and more and um <clears throat> one particular evening I I would go out for walks um at night like late at night because it was all quiet and and the street that I lived on had these really beautiful maple trees just lining the street and so I would walk down I you know about a mile and one day I was you know just sort of thinking or I was talking out loud I could do that because nobody else was around Um, (laughs) and I was just saying wow you know I'm I'm losing uh, a bunch of people in my family and I'm like it's like they're gone and then I I heard that it's gonna sound nuts but I heard the tree say no we're your family and I was like what like that's nuts. But it, yeah, I'm like, okay. And that's kind of what started, I guess, the conversations. I was, then I started to tune into them and it was amazing. I had, I built a really deep relationship with those trees on that block. So, and then it just kept going. Then um, about six months later, I moved up North to uh, like the Rhinelander area, the North woods of Wisconsin and that's when I met all these other wonderful trees in the National Forest, the Nickel National Forest. Got truth bumps when you were talking about your experience with those trees and how they just said, no, we're your family. And yeah, yeah it's, it's so beautiful and it's so simple without being simplistic and so natural, so organic. Maybe that's a better word than simple. But mm-hmm. so beautiful, so beautiful. Do you ever have the f- feeling that the trees there um, that you first met told the trees up in the, um, in the Northlands there that you were moving up there and kind of like gave them, hey, Jules is on her way. You're going to like her. Kind of like made an announcement. You know, that's interesting because I don't know how it all works as far as how, mm-hmm. you know, the spirit of trees talk to one another I know they're connected in ways that go beyond perhaps what we know but when I went up when I moved up north the trees felt different so different yeah. understand because they're wild you know they weren't planted right. um and I remember being intimidated by that I'm like whoa like and then I heard one day I'm out you know walking and <laughs> I heard them say no no you know it's the same like yeah you're you know 
we're, we're family. It's, but it was still very different and kind of an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. So. I can imagine because those trees that you first met, I first met you were cultivated. And like you Mm -hmm. say, these were trees in the wild and yeah, the connection. I I think we're learning so much more about the connection of trees and how Mm -hmm. they are all related and how that affects us. And I'm glad that that's coming through in science now. I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really amazing. As a matter of fact, there's a couple of books that I want to read. I don't remember the titles of them, but I do want to read them that, that talks about that right. and that connection. Yeah. So you're there with the trees. You're talking to the trees. You're making contact with the land. You're talking with the land. And mm-hmm. you're in relationship, whatever that means, from day to day. Mm-hmm. How did you get started being an artist? Oh. And you, Yeah, because you do marvelous work. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, on one of my many walks, I mean, I would see a lot of the the red pines up there. They're, they shed their their bark. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, what a red pine red pine bark looks yeah, like, yeah. like scaly sort of. And I'm like, whoa, I would love to do something with those. Like, I, you know, I just see branches, fallen branches. I'm like, oh, they're so pretty. <laughs> and I do with them, you know. And, um, and then one day, I just. I just started working. I brought, I borrowed somebody's Dremel and um, I never really gave it back. Although I did pay him for it eventually, but (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, I could like, I took this stick and I'm like, you know, I could like, I was walking in nature. I'm like, I could make it into an amulet. I could like drill a hole and, and make it so you can put something in it. And I'm like, that'd be great. And so I just started doing that. And, and then one thing led to another and I just kind of kept going. So it's like an exploration and yeah. So Jules, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, that's it. (laughs) Okay. So uh, my question for you is, do you think that that idea came from you or that it came from the trees? It's a good question. I have no idea. Like it just, it it was sort of like a bolt of, you know, inspiration um, Mm -hmm. and it happened out there. So I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's really interesting and maybe that's my monkey mind trying to you know find out all the details and everything it just happened you know it was created and it happened and it's beautiful do you have any like rules that you follow when you're looking for pieces uh, of wood or bark or something to work with yeah I do um these rules were kind of cultivated over time because yeah there's just so many pretty branches um so if I um if I meet um, a new piece of land for the first time, um, mm-hmm. I try not to take anything from that land because it just kind of feel it feels rude to do that. So you know, I introduce myself, but I don't take anything. Um, if the land has been depleted somehow, sometimes you just know that you know a lot's been taken out of the land energetically because humans have you know either you know dug for sand and stones or you know, like one of those mining pits or sometimes the clear cutting that happens up north. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't take anything from there for sure because it's, it's, it's like they need energy. They don't need any more humans coming to take things away. Um, if I do, um, so if, if I'm familiar with the land and I, I see something that would be, would be a great piece of art, then I'll ask the tree and the spirit of the land if, if it's all right, if I take it. Um, and also I don't cut branches from trees ever. I don't harm trees from my, from my heart. 
So everything's got to be already on the ground. Yeah. And then also like sometimes I'll see this like hollowed out um, branch that just is so beautiful. And I'll, and I'll look to see to make sure nobody is like living there. <laughs> you know, like yeah. spider. And that kind of goes back to right relationship, right? Because right. spiders, it's their home. What right do I have to just go and kick them out? It's not, that's not right relationship to me. So. I just love hearing that, that when you're looking for like something to make art out of, that you're also considering the lives of the other uh, beyond human sentient beings, like the spiders and, you know, the little bugs and whatever else lives there. I think that's just beautiful. And I bet the spiders are saying, thank you, Jules. (laughs) I bet you I would go out on a limb. I'm not tuned into anybody right now, but I would go out on a limb and it's almost like the actions that you have already instigated of the relationship you've already instigated with the trees and the forest, everyone else, spiders, bugs, birds, have been watching, and they know that you're okay, too. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would say that's, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, that's going to be a truism. Yeah. So when you see this piece of bark or wood, um, and you just see the perfect image, again, is that from you or is that from the tree? You know, I think it's... Or is it co-created? I think it's co-created because, yeah. like, a piece, like, I'll see a stick or a, a branch, right? And most people mm-hmm. would walk on by, but I see what it can become. Like, I can tell, like, if, you know, the wood is too rotten or if, if even if it is rotten, if it's still, you know, going to polish up really nice. Um, yeah, so I'm really just like my favorite thing to do is to bring out the qualities that already exist. Mm-hmm. So I really, um, I don't really sculpt um, like animals or faces or that's not really my thing. So it's mm-hmm. beautiful than when other people do it. Yeah. And from the pictures I've seen that you sent me, it truly is. It's almost rustic or the ones I've seen are almost rustic in appearance. And that would be to me a reflection of the land and the trees there. Right. Yeah, so that's just really wonderful. Do you sell your work? I do. I do sell. I, um, well, when I was living up north, I sold my, uh, my jewelry in a, a little shop up there. And then when I moved, um, I now sell my jewelry in a mm-hmm. shop here in Watertown, Wisconsin. Um, I also have an Etsy store, and that's, uh, that's just starting out. So there's like a few pieces that kind of uploaded but there'll be more and do you also work with other people showing them how to be in right relationship with the land and with the trees and with nature you know i do i i'm i mentor i mentor youth um Mm -hmm. so i do when i'm out there with them i haven't really um i guess i don't have any adult clientele um but the people who know me i guess I rub off on them because <laughs> I love that. <laughs> They're like, well, we would have killed the spider, but now we know you. So we, we let it go. So that's always really cool to hear. <laughs> and I love the way you say, I just rub off on them. It's kind of like the trees in the land rub off on you and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Jules, what would you like to leave our listening audience? Um, I guess to consider that, uh, when you're looking at the trees, know that the trees are also looking at you and that all life is conscious and it's okay to be skeptical of that. But um, 
if you can stay open to the possibility that there is more to the life around you, that you might be pleasantly surprised and the, the relationships will, will enrich your life. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I love is you don't have to believe. You just have to stay open to. Yeah. I mean, it's a possibility. Exactly. Like I didn't, nobody told me that the trees were conscious. Like nobody, like this just sort of happened. And I think it happened because I was open in a way that I hadn't been before just because Mm -hmm. of everything that had been happening. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, and even then it was really hard to like, like, am I crazy? Like what's going on? Like maybe I finally broke, um, but it's actually not true. I'm starting, you know, I, yeah, my journey since then has shown me that it was a door that opened and I'm glad it did. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful door that opened. Yeah. So how can people reach you, Jules? Um, the best way to reach me, um, if you want to reach out personally, would be my email, which is rivertree at protonmail.com. Um, and then I have a website that's, uh, it's also fairly new, but it's uh, earthrelationship.org. Okay. And I will be putting those, um, the email and the website on the show, the episode notes. So, okay. yeah. So people will be able to see it. I'm going to have the pictures of, of the work that you've sent. There's going to be a picture of you up there too. Okay. So yay, yay. Well, thank you so much for being on today's episode. I, I just really want to say how much I appreciate the, the, naturalist, the natural way that you are in relationship with the beyond human sentient beings. And uh, just since knowing you, and that's only been, what, a year, 18 months yeah. or so? And it's only been virtual, you know? Um, I've just learned so much from the way that you interact with them and, and the way that you have rubbed off on me. And I like it. You know, that's pretty cool, actually. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you. Do you love what you're hearing on this podcast? I sure hope so. And if you are loving it, I ask that you show support by liking it and leaving a comment or review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. You can also show your support by sharing it with your friends and family. And I so appreciate your help. Thank you. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, here are some other podcasts that you might enjoy. Everyday Animism, which is a podcast which I co-host with two exceptional women, Kelly Harrow of SolentonArts.com and Branda Schnabel of SoulfulFocus.com. In this podcast, we talk all things animism and particularly how it impacts everyday life. You can find the podcast Everyday Animism here on Anchor or on your favorite podcast platform. Another podcast that you might enjoy is What in the Weird, and that is What in the W-Y-R-D, which is hosted by Kelly Harrell. Here, Kelly brings in the runes as she takes animism to a deeper level, and she also explores soul tending and sacred activism. Hey folks, I'm going to invite you to espresso your gratitude for this podcast. If you love listening to this podcast, as I listen to so many podcasts, I'm kind of a podcast nerd. I always think that the podcast is for free because I'm listening to it for free, right? Well, you know what? To consume, yes, podcasts are free, but to create and produce, no, they are not free because 
creating and producing podcasts, it's a labor of love for me, but it's still a labor because there's writing, researching, providing commentary, providing community, contacting guests, interviewing, recording, sound editing, creating the script, creating the social media, promoting. Did I forget anything? Oh, yeah, I did. Um, there's also website and internet expenses. And all of this to provide content and a podcast that hopefully inspires or informs you and leads you to expanded possibilities in the world. How about showing your support by contributing the equivalent of one cup of coffee? That contribution would be greatly appreciated and a great way to show your backing of the podcast that I create. To espresso your gratitude for this podcast, the easiest way to do that is to go over to my Patreon account, which you will find at Janet Roper on Patreon. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have enjoyed hearing this, remember to subscribe to the podcast on Anchor or iTunes. And if you would like to follow more of my work, please visit www.JanetRoper.com.